This is a young man that I believe is truly called and truly, um, it's so evident in his life, truly loves the Lord and desires to do what the Lord wants in his life. And we had him up a few months ago and first time he ever did anything like this and he just did a phenomenal job. And he said, well, man, I don't feel like I have a lot tonight. So it's not about how long, it's just about sharing your heart. And I'm so thankful for young men and women that will do that. But if you would, um, just stretch your hands this way as he comes tonight. I'm going to ask you to pray for him as he, he approaches this sacred desk. And God, we come before you and we thank you for who you are and what you mean to us. We thank you for the atmosphere we feel in this house. And God, we lift Brother Keaton up to you tonight. And Lord... Let him know that your word does not return void. And as the word goes forth from his lips tonight, Lord, that it, it does not fall, Lord, on, on empty or, or wasteful ground. But, Lord God, it goes forth as a seed being planted in our hearts and lives. And, Lord, I ask that you anoint him with your Holy Spirit and speak to and through him this evening. And we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a hand tonight. going to go ahead and jump right into the word tonight and we'll be in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and beginning in verse 1 it says thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus this is Paul talking to Timothy and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also while I was just reading the first two verses, you know, I'm just, the question that I have is, what is grace? And grace to me is God's love, even though we don't deserve it. It's his kindness towards us through Christ. It's a gift from God we are not worthy of, but yet because of his grace, we woke up this morning. It's because of his grace that we are healed, delivered, and set free. It's because of His grace that He sent His only Son to die for us when none of us deserved it. If it wasn't for His grace, we all wouldn't be here today. His grace is our favor. And I believe that Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 2, explains grace very well also. So we'll be turning there. And we'll just start in verse 1. And you hath He quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others, but God, who is rich in mercy, <clears throat> for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace ye are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. 
I'm just so thankful that we have a graceful God. I'm thankful that he has given us breath in our lungs. I'm thankful for his love. I'm thankful for what he has done and what it is getting ready to do. I'm also thankful for his grace so we can be saved through faith as we read in, in Ephesians chapter 2. And then going back to just 2 Timothy. In uh, verse 2, it says, And the things that thou hast heard of, me, of men among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So in verse 2, you see where Paul tells Timothy to teach others about the true gospel of Jesus and committing to faithful men who also teach others. And then in verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then just breaking down that verse, you know, a good soldier is someone who is loyal in times when hardness comes. It's someone who doesn't leave the cross when it gets tough. It's someone who picks up their cross daily. I believe during this time when Paul is telling Timothy, um, Paul was in prison. But you see he's enduring the hardness. He is, in, he is being a good soldier by continuing to minister, even though the world tried to stop him by putting him in prison. Where are the good soldiers that will endure through the hardness? The least we can do is to be a good soldier because of grace of God. And then if you just skip down to uh, verse 11 and through 14, it says, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no, to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. And then in verse 20 and 21, it says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself... From these, he shall be a vessel, vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. We're either going to be a vessel that is honoring God or one that will dishonor. But if we purge ourselves, if we get rid of whatever is impure and undesirable, that's what uh, the word purge means, if we die to our flesh and let God mold us, then we can be a vessel unto honor. And that's honestly all I got. Like I said, it really wasn't much, but that's pretty much what God gave me, so I'll just hand it off to Jade. <laughs> Praise God. Give him another hand tonight. Amen. Ties in perfectly with where I want to go tonight. In my mind, anyway. It might not in yours, but... Um, if you will, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and if you would stand for the reading of God's Word. And then we'll also go to Hebrews chapter 12. Just going to read to you a few short verses here, and then we're going to dive in. 
might be a little more teaching tonight, but I believe that the Lord has given this to me. Not only, I, I really want to make this plain, it, it, it is a challenge to us to never be complacent, but yet it is also commending us for the work that we are doing. So I want to encourage you tonight in that. But Hebrews chapter 11, beginning in verse 1, we're just going to read a couple verses here and then go over to Hebrews chapter 12. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Whom, for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before You. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the Word that You shared through Brother Keaton tonight. And Lord, we ask that Your Word would go forth, and Lord, that it would stir us and Lord, we would allow, it would stir us to allow your Holy Spirit to examine our lives and to challenge and transform us. And we love you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord tonight. I'll be getting into our text here in a few moments, but how many in the house know that change is a fact of life. We all change. I, I, I wrestle with this, having children now, I, I wrestle with the fact that Ava was in my arms a few days ago, in my mind, and now she is tearing my house apart. Because she, she changes. She wants to... She wants to explore. She wants to try things. She will change into, uh, uh, not go from a toddler into uh, uh, just a, a normal grade school kid. And she will change and turn into a teenager, into a young woman. And, and, and life, you just change. It is a fact of life. It is natural. But change can mean many different things. You see, change has many different definitions. Uh, one definition of change is to make different in some particular way, or to make a radical difference, or to give a different position or course or direction to someone or something. Change can mean to make a shift from one thing to another. Change can also mean to undergo modification or upgrade. Have you ever in your life 
I, I know I just said that change is natural, something that we go through, not only in our natural bodies, but in our minds. But have you ever in your life wanted to change something? And again, I, I, I'll be in more teaching mode tonight. If you want to take notes, you can take notes. But have you ever wanted to change something? You see, there are some changes that you have no control over. I had no control over how tall I got. I just changed and got this tall. I had, I had, I had no say in the fact that, Brother Keaton, I grew up in body and in mind. That, that's just natural. But, Brother Wade, there are things that we can choose to change. Have you ever wanted to change the channel? Have you ever wanted to change your mind on a situation or uh, obstacle in your life or decision that you've made? Have you ever wanted to change the temperature in the thermostat on the thermostat to make it warmer or colder? And, and I will tell you right now, that is, that is one thing, and, and I know she's not here tonight, but she's watching. That is one thing. Me and Sierra always are never, we're never on the same page. She's hot, I'm cold, and then when I'm cold or when I'm hot, she's cold. Never on the same page. I'm turning it up. She's turning it down. I'm turning it down. She's turning it up. I'm glad that in, in more modern cars that I can control my side of the car, she can control her side of the car. It's been the greatest thing for our marriage. But you have things that you can change. And I, I began to realize some things about change is that we as Christians, I believe we truly, especially in this church, I believe that we truly you know, desire to see change in our community. We desire to see change in the atmosphere of our homes. We desire to see change in the atmosphere of maybe a service. Or maybe we want to see change in the culture of our city, our county, our state, our nation. I believe that this church desires to see that change. But there's one thing about the word change that is so often overlooked is that change is a verb. What is a verb? A verb is a, an action. Simply defined, it is an action. It, 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 it expresses uh, the, the state of being, if you will. To run is a verb. You're doing something. Let me put it to you that way. So I, I want to ask you tonight that if change is a verb and we desire to see change, that means that we cannot merely just be people of change in word only, but we have to be people that enact change. Is everyone following with me tonight? I, again, I know I may sound... I'm not getting excited or hooping or hollering tonight, but I just feel that the Lord really wanted me to speak on this tonight. If you go to James chapter 2, if you go to James chapter 2, we're going we're gonna to find out some things here. In verse 14, we're going to start there. James says, and, and if I'm not mistaken here, I believe he is writing to uh, he's writing to the church in, in Israel, in, in Judea, and Jerusalem. He's saying, What doth it profit, my brethren, 
Though a man say he hath faith and have not works. Now, Brother Creton, Brother Keaton, Creton, Lord help me. Brother Keaton tonight was talking about how that we've inherited grace, but through faith, he, he read that there in Ephesians, through faith, we have inherited grace. Grace is what? Unmerited favor. There's nothing you have done to deserve it, but Christ gave it. And it goes on, and I believe in verse 9, and it says that you're not saved by works because Jesus was the work. Okay? I, I want to make that very clear to you tonight, very clear to these young people, that there is no work that you can do to be saved. But what James is saying here is though a man say he have faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. He's saying, listen, you, you have come to Christ. You have come to faith in Christ. Faith is belief and trust in something or someone. He says, listen, you have come to faith and you have come to believe in Christ. He says, but now you have faith. He says, there's a change. You're, you're professing faith in Christ. You're professing a change in your heart. But he says, now that there's been a change in your heart, there needs to be a change in your character. There needs to be a change in your daily life. There are decisions that you need to make uh, to change the situations of those around you. He says, what good is it for you to see someone that is unclothed and, and being robbed of daily food or daily nutrition and you look at them and say, you know what? God is with you. God is for you. God is fighting for you. He's saying your words are merely not enough if you do not enact change on their behalf. He said, go to them. Give them what they need. Give them the clothes. Give them the food. Give them what they need. Show them that you not only have faith, but show them that your faith has drawn you to a place that your faith is in action, enacting change. You with me? So he says again in verse 17, Even so faith, if it hath, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. He says in verse 18, Yea, a man, say, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Verse 19, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. And here's something that the Lord really showed me, especially in verse 19. He says, listen, you believe that there is one God. You believe that there is one God, right? We all believe that there's, there's one God. He says, but do you know the, the, that 
the devils also believe that there is one God. What he's saying there is there are so many people, and, I, and, and we hear it all the time, and, and, and I just want to get this out there. There are many people that we hear all the time, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Oh, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. And, and, and what I, I want to get to you tonight is that the devil believes in Jesus. And he fears and trembles for you to just proclaim a thing and not live a thing and acts no change in the area in which you live. And, and I, I just want you to know this. I'm not, I'm not trying to get I'm, I'm taking this moment as a teaching moment because we're going to get into some things. You see, the, we read here in, 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 in Hebrews chapter 11 and many refer to this chapter as the hall of faith. And, and, and he starts off this chapter, well, really the chapters weren't even there, but he, he, he's continuing his letter to the Hebrews. And, and it's believed that Paul wrote this and he says, listen, that faith, it's faith, that word again. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What he's saying is, and you'll see as he goes through Hebrews chapter 11, that there are many men like Abel. There are men like Noah. There are men like Enoch. There are men that, that do great things for the people of God and do great things for God. There's Abraham. There's Isaac. There's Jacob. There's all these patriarchs. All these great men. And he's saying, listen, now their faith that was the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. What he's saying there is, Brother Chris, they believed that change would come even when they did not see the change. And my mind began to go to this word and, and the Lord began to deal with me uh, on this on Saturday as I was with some ministers and I began to just talk and share my heart and, and, and the Lord began to use a minister that I, I trust in, in, in a very prophetic way and He began to speak in this word this word that he, 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 he put out there began to stick with me. And, and it took me into history. And I'm not going to, to be there a long time. But you get into American history. And American history is forged by hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of pioneers. Many of you will know Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, Simon Kenton. Uh, Kit Carson, uh, Mr. Fremont that helped Kit Carson uh, uh, found and discover and, 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 and make California a state. Many of you have heard of Lewis and Clark. Many of you have heard of all these legendary people that did all kinds of legendary things. And, and we raise them up and we hear of their exploits and their crazy stories. How Simon Kenton survived day in and day out going through the Indian gauntlet. And, and they thought he would be dead, but he lived. He, he just would not stop. Uh, he, he kept going. They accepted him as a tribe. You hear all these crazy stories and you're like, wow, that is so impressive uh, that these men did all these things. Uh, and you hear all these things. And, and I want you to understand that these men had faith in something. Uh, they believed that what they were doing was going to benefit and create a better tomorrow. They believed what they were doing was going to enact change in their nation. Uh, they were not just going over the mountain. 
mountains just to find a home, you'll find that many of them uh, worked with their government to say, listen, we're doing this uh, so we can alter the future of our country. Uh, they realized uh, that they needed to be the change uh, that this nation needed. Uh, the, Bi the Bible tells us here in Hebrews chapter 11 in this hall of faith uh, that these men, uh, these men and women of God, uh, they had such great faith. What they were doing is they were being spiritual pioneers uh, and they were creating a way uh, for the, the generations behind them to come. They were enacting change uh, and they were enacting things uh, that would alter the generations and the world forever. The Bible tells us all because uh, Abraham followed the voice of the Lord. Uh, he said, I don't know what God is telling me other than he said there's a country uh, and there's a nation that is mine. He didn't see the country. He didn't know what it would look like. He didn't know what the future may hold. Uh, but this is what he knew is God called me to enact change. Uh, and even when I don't know what I'm getting myself into, uh, I'm, going to be in a I'm going to be a pioneer. Uh, I'm going to be a forerunner. Uh, I'm going to be a patriarch uh, that is going to make the way uh, for change to come. Amen. <laughs> a pioneer is simply defined as someone that opens or prepares a way for others to follow. Or it's someone that originates or takes part in the development of something. You see, we have so many heroes of the faith. Our founding pastor, I believe him to be a hero of the faith. A man of faith. And he didn't know PTC in, in, in 1980. He, I, he probably didn't think it would look like this. The blessings that we've had, the, the, the vision that we've had, the things that we've inherited. But he went in not knowing what the result would be. But he still said there needs to be change in Connorsville. There still needs to be change in my life, in my family's life. There, he, what he did is he ventured into the unknown. Daniel Boone ventured over them Appalachian Mountains. People were saying, man, you're crazy to go out there. You're stupid to go out there. What do you think you're doing? You're insane. And he said, listen, I'm paving the way. I'm making a home for my family, for my family's family, for my children, my grandchildren. He said, I'm doing something that will change this nation and my family's life forever. I want to ask you something here tonight. What are you pioneering in your home? Are you pioneering a home of prayer and of the Word? Or are you pioneering a home of busyness and of the world? All of us have to examine and say, listen, I know that I say I want revival and I know that I'm praying. I know that I'm reading my word. And listen, I want to commend this church for that. I know many of you uh, that have great, uh, awesome relationships with the Lord. You're praying every day. Uh, even when you don't feel like it, you're reading your word every day. Even when you don't feel like it, and you're pressing in and you're saying, I want to see some change. Uh, here's what I want you to know, that there are going to be 
some things in 2022 uh, that weren't here in 2021. There are going to be some unknowns that you're going to have to venture into. Uh, but I want to encourage you in this fact. Uh, you're just being a pioneer. Uh, you're just setting up a path uh, for your children, your grandchildren, uh, your nieces, your, your nephews, uh, the, the, the kids that you interact with, uh, the, the people that you interact with with school, uh, at work, wherever it may be. Uh, God wants you to know that by you staying faithful, by you venturing out, uh, by you just being obedient to Him, uh, He said you don't realize uh, what you're pioneering, what you're creating, what you're establishing, what you're originating in their hearts and lives. I'm not going to be much longer. The Lord began to speak to me. And He said, a pioneer is someone that establishes impossible things. A pioneer is someone that establishes impossible things. Many of you, your mother and father were not saved. But through the grace of God and through faith, you have pioneered a godly heritage for your family. Be encouraged in that tonight. You have pioneered an impossible thing. When my grandfather come out of the hills of Kentucky, just like most everybody else in this room, their, their, their family all go back to Kentucky. My dad used to say there's more Kentucky people living in Ohio and Indiana than there are Kentucky people living in Kentucky. I always used to joke with people. I said, listen, my, my family's from eastern Kentucky and they married everybody from western Kentucky. So I'm just related to when he came up here, you know, many, 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 many people from the Appalachian Mountains in the eastern side of Kentucky have this story, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just going to be a storyteller, but I, I, I want to get this out. They, he came up here, his, his father was a bootlegger, they, his, his uncles were terrible men, his, his father was really, was really just an angel compared to his other brothers and his father's brothers and, and things like that. Just He saw wickedness every day of his life, he experienced horrible things, and they came up here and they moved up to Ohio and they began to raise their children and all these things and happened and transpired and my, my grandfather was not a Christian but there was a night that him and my grandmother were in a church uh, out, out over there in, 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 in Waynesville, Ohio uh, and they had no idea but one when the altar call was made one slipped out one end of the pew and the other one slipped out the other end of the pew and they woke up and they, or they, they came to after praying and, and they, they looked over at one another and realized that they both had given their hearts to the Lord uh, and in turn uh, they led their brothers and their sisters to the Lord they led their parents to the Lord and what what I what I didn't realize really until thinking about it you know you take it for granted you know that's just mama and papal uh, but the Lord began to speak to me in that and he said listen uh, do you realize that you would not be in the house of the Lord today uh, if your grandmother and your grandfather did not pioneer uh, venture into that church that was unknown to them uh, the G Jesus was something you said when you hit uh, your, 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 your thumb with a hammer. That was a slang word. Uh, they didn't really know. My, my, my grandfather even said, I 
really didn't even know who he was until I was a teenager. I never knew that that was an actual person. And, but he was saved and transformed and he pioneered something in his family. And today in that family there are ministers. His son's a pastor. His daughter was a pastor's wife. His grandchildren preached. Me, my brother, and many others. I have cousins that preach the gospel. All because one man and one woman decided that we're going to do we're, we're going to venture into a place that we've never been uh, and we're going to turn this family around. They'll come to the music tonight. You see, to be a pioneer, as we read in Hebrews tonight, it takes great faith. Why does it take great faith? because you don't know what you're going to face I know this is very simple nothing very powerful maybe but I wanted to encourage you because you don't realize you say God I'm just praying and I'm just reading and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere do you, do you realize that you're pioneering something Young person, do you realize that when you give that person an encouraging word or buy someone breakfast or lunch or whatever it may be, you think, oh, that's, that's, that's nothing. But you don't realize you're being a pioneer. It's not easy to pioneer a thing. If you read on in Hebrews chapter 11, get down into verse 32. And he's, he's listed, I mean, all these great men of the Old Testament. And he says in verse 32, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, Jephthah, and David, also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in the fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection and others had trial of cruel mockings and scoffings and or scorings and yea moreover of the bonds of imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn asunder they were tempted they were slain with the sword they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins and being destitute and afflicted and tormented. What is he talking about? He's talking about pioneers. Because, listen, I would, this house, pastor and myself would never tell you, just be honest with you, this life is not easy. 
Life period is not easy. I don't know how people go through life without Jesus. I, I just don't understand. But here's why I know. Is that God called Jaden Sierra Abrams to Connorsville to pioneer something? Pastor Ron and, and Debbie Russell are here because God has called them to pioneer things. PTC is here because God called Willie Russell to pioneer things. And these great men of faith, we talk, oh, they're Faith Smith Wigglesworth, uh, Lester Summerall, William Seymour, Charles Parham, Evan Roberts, Catherine Coleman. Oh, we, we talk about their faith. But I bet you anything, if you begin to sit down and talk with them, they would say and begin to tell you about their suffering. Going back to the American pioneers, there, there was times that Kit Carson had, he literally walked across the desert to get help for his men that he just left. He walked across the desert, hadn't had water in days, hadn't had food in days. Runs into a general and says, Man, listen, we need your help. And the general says, Look, he said, Man, I don't even know where I'm at. I need you to take me back across the desert. And he turns right around with no rest and begins to lead these men across the same desert. I mean, that's just crazy. But listen, he was a pioneer. Pastor Jade, I feel this way and, and I think this way. Listen, I, I want you to know that the temptation will come. That, James tells them, count it all joy. Can you imagine? Oh God, I was tempted today and I'm so thankful that I was tempted because that tells me that my faith is not dead because it's telling me that I have, that I have works. I'm doing something. Can you imagine that? That sounds so foreign to us. But I want you to know that's the attitude of a pioneer. You say, but, but my kids are so small and, and I feel like just to sit down and read and to pray with them, it's so awkward. They don't really understand, but you don't realize what you're pioneering. Being a pioneer is not easy. Pioneers establish impossible things. It was impossible in ourselves to be saved. So Jesus came. He tells us in John 14, he says, I'm the way. What he's saying is, I'm the pioneer. I'm the one that originated this thing called salvation. You read in Old Testament scriptures, you get, you get in 2 Chronicles 34 and Josiah, he, he was raised in wickedness. He was raised around idolatry. And the Bible says that he becomes king as an eight-year-old boy. And he begins to look around and he says, listen, what my father did didn't work, what my grandfather didn't work. But the Bible says that he began to look all the way back to his great, 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 great grandfather, David. And he said, he did it the right way. says that he followed the ways of his father David why because David was a pioneer he established something that would last for generations John the Baptist was 
a forerunner, preparing the way of the Lord, making his path straight. Jesus said, listen, there's no greater man born of woman, no greater prophet than John the Baptist. Why? Because he was a pioneer. It wasn't easy to be made fun of. It wasn't easy to, to live the life that God was calling him to live. But I want you to know it was worth it. Hebrews 11 goes on to say that many of those fathers, Abraham never saw the nation. But he still did the work for a nation. You may be here and you say, I feel like I'll never see my children saved. You do the work to see them saved. I'll never get rid of the mess and, 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 and that temptation that I'm in. You do the work. What is do the work? Work of the Father. Jesus told them when they came to Him, they went to get food and he, He's dealing with the woman at the well and they come back to Him and they say, hey man, we got food. And he said, I have meat that you know not of. What is he saying? There's something that fills me up that this world can't give me. So I want to ask you tonight, are you willing to be a pioneer? I'll close with this as we stand. Faith was enough Faith was enough. It says this in verse 2 of chapter 11 in Hebrews, For by the elders, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Faith was enough. Why? Because when you believe in something, you obey it. You trust it. You follow it. say, how does Hebrews chapter 12 tie in? Again, know this, that Hebrews was not written with verses and chapters. It was added. So you get through Hebrews chapter 11, all this faith. And it's there's not really a pause. We see a pause, but there's not a pause. And he goes into what we know as Hebrews 12, and he says, Whereas seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Compassed, that just means in circle. We're surrounded by great, that means vast or large number of witnesses. Do you realize that there were prophecies given to men and women of God and Paul's saying listen we are compassed with such great a crowd of witnesses they're looking can you imagine getting to heaven and the prophet Joel coming up to you Garrett saying were you there did you see it did you see what were you talking were you there for that outpouring did you did you, did you hear of old men dreaming dreams and young men seeing visions? Were you there? So Paul says, because we're compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, he said, let us set aside the weight and the sin, the stuff that so easily gets us off track. 
besets us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That word to run there, it means to have a course. You have a direction. And that word race, we think it just means, you know, like to run a race. But that, that word in the Greek can be, mean to, 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 can be used to mean a conflict, a fight. He said, run with patience through the fight, through the conflict, through the race, whatever you want to call it. And he goes into verse 2, and he says, looking unto Jesus, the greatest pioneer, the author, which means the chief, the captain, the author, and the finisher, or that word means completer of our faith. Why? Because faith is enough. Faith and works are enough. Let your faith drive you to do great. It's not enough just to say, oh, I believe. Because what did Jesus say? What good is it to be a light and to hide it under a bushel? So no one knows and no one sees. What are you pioneering? What are you pioneering at work? What are you pioneering at church? Do you want a good atmosphere? Do you had a good atmosphere in these altars on Sunday morning? You know what that tells me? That someone's pioneering in prayer. What are you pioneering? What are you pioneering at work? What are you pioneering at school? What are you pioneering in your mind? So I just want you to come find a place to pray tonight. And I ask that you would just begin to pray to the Holy Ghost to reveal to you. Again, this church praying, believing people, good, kind, hearted, loving people. But just as the pioneers of the faith as the pioneers of this country wasn't enough. They said we have to continue. Oh, we went over the Appalachians. Great. No, we have to go across the Mississippi. Oh, that's great. No, we got to make it over the Rockies. Oh, that's great. No, we got to make it to the coast. Let me tell you. Don't let it stop with you. Let it stop with you. I've had people tell me in the four years that I've been here, the, the Lord has placed something on me and I've never been able, just never felt released to do it, just never. And I would have people tell me, you can't do that in Connorsville. You could do that anywhere else, but you couldn't do that in Connorsville. No, no one would come. No one would be a part of that. No one would do that. began to speak to me Saturday and he said are you a pioneer or are you not started in a manger ended up on a cross to an empty grave to the right hand of the father started small 
ended great. What is God calling you to pioneer? Come, pray tonight. Shall allow the Lord to examine your heart. Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jade here. I want to thank you for watching today. I pray that this message spoke directly to you and challenged and transformed your life by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to invite you to connect with us on social media and stay up to date with what's happening here at PTC. And I pray that you have a great week and a great year in the Lord. We love you.